Welcome to Matthew Felix On Air, coming to you from San Francisco, California, people who create, people who make a difference. Hope you had a great week. I did. Two episodes of my new podcast, the radio episodes, Words and Images, came out on iTunes and Google Play. And as I've mentioned previously, Words and Images takes uh, segments from what was my radio show and is now this video podcast, and it makes them available for the first time ever on Google Play and iTunes. And as the name suggests, uh, each episode features one interview with a writer, photographer, filmmaker, or someone otherwise involved in the written word or uh, visual images. First episode out last week featured author, filmmaker, and Litwings founder Erin Byrne, and we talked about her recent trip to Spain. And then the second episode is an interview with Danish photographer Lona Merck, who talked about her beautiful new book, uh, Embody Intimate Photographic Encounters with Women. So check those out. Two new episodes are out this week. On Wednesday, my interview with production designer and manager Jesper Luth um, comes out. And he is Hall & Oates production manager. And he's also designed and managed big name concert tours throughout the world for not only Hall & Oates, but uh, Michael McDonald, Tears for Fears, System of a Down, Nick Jonas, and he's even worked with Barack Obama. And we had a really interesting conversation about what goes into putting on these massive tours, um, designing a concert stage, what life's like on the road, and also some of the personal and professional challenges and growth that he's experienced over his long and very sex sex successful <laughs> career. He actually started when he was 15. So when I say he's had a long career, he really has had a long career. On Thursday, my chat with 826 Valencia's program coordinators Shelby DeWisi and Ricardo Cruz comes out. 826 Valencia, for those of you who don't already know, is a, uh, it was founded by author Dave Eggers and educator Ninive Caligari, and it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting under-resourced students uh, with their writing skills, and also to helping teachers inspire the kids to write. They also have a podcast program, and I, I loved that, and so we actually played a few of their podcast episodes as part of that podcast episode, and they were absolutely great, so please check that out as well. Now, of course, if you've already subscribed to Words and Images on iTunes or Google Play, you, you're already going to get the notification. So, uh, so please subscribe, rate, and review, because as I've said before, and unfortunately you're going to hear me say again and again, that's really the only way that the word gets out. So thank you for doing that. Same goes, by the way, the same goes for this video podcast. You know, what if you miss a week? How are you going to know what you missed? Well, if you subscribe to this on iTunes or Google Play, because again, the audio version of this, those of you who are watching right now on Facebook Live, you know, the audio version will be available tomorrow on iTunes and Google Play. So that's another way that you can um, find out what's going on here on Matthew Felix on air. Speaking of good things going on, there were some great events last week in, uh, here in San Francisco. Tuesday was weekday wanderlust where at the Mystic Hotel downtown where we celebrated the one-year anniversary of online travel magazine Hidden Compass. And then Thursday, I had the opportunity to attend the press preview of the new Contemporary Muslim Fashions exhibition at the De Young Museum in Golden Gate Park. And that was really interesting, a really interesting, informative look at how designers in the Muslim world are making modest dress fashionable. So if you're in San Francisco, if you're in Golden Gate Park and want to check out a great new exhibition, I think, what's today? I think that opened officially <coughs> yesterday. Also on Thursday, photographer and author Tanya Romanov, Hervé, uh, filmmaker Hervé Cohen, and right and writer Francis Stroh presented at the Lit Wings event at Book Passage in Salsalito. 
I've mentioned that event many times, and once again, that, that was a great event, had a great time, and already looking forward to the next one. Something else I'm excited about and very grateful for this week um, is that the, my, my book, With Open Arms, Short Stories of Misadventures in Morocco, is once again, or at least it was a few days ago, I didn't check today to see where it is in the rankings, but uh, it was once again up at number two on Amazon. The only reason it's not number one is because I can't dethrone Lonely Planet's travel guide to Morocco. <laughs> uh, so I'll take number two. I'm happy to take number two. But the reason I bring it up uh, is, is, you know, I didn't even realize until I stopped to kind of think about it today, and actually I went online to verify. In December, it's been three years since that book came out. And so it's really the fact that it's now selling more three years later than it has at any other time since it came out uh, really makes me feel good. I never expected that to be the case. So as I said, you know, I'm really grateful, really excited for that. One reason it might be selling right now over the past few days is because Amazon has discounted the paperback from $9.99 to $5.99. So if you haven't checked it out and you need a good reason to or a good excuse to, 40% off is a pretty good reason. But if that is still too much of a risk for you and you, you think you might be interested but you're not sure, again, uh, as I've mentioned previously, I have a podcast where you can listen to free excerpts from the book. And that podcast, again, on iTunes and Google Play is called Short Stories and Misadventures in Morocco. So you can check that out and then see if, you know, if it's worth $6 to buy the ebook, which is also $6 or the paperback. Okay, before we jump in today's show, I want to mention that next week, uh, Litquake's co-founder, Jane Ganahl, will be making a return visit to, to talk about this year's festival, the, the one that's taking place in San Francisco, because there are Litquakes or Lit Crawls, actually, that take place now all over the world, different cities all over the world, as we talked about the first time she was here, but um, she's going to talk about specifically the San Francisco Festival, and I'm really excited to get to read for the first time in this year's Lit Crawl. Now, Lit Crawl, as I just mentioned, is a, it's the culmination of the week-long, week-plus-long festival that takes place here in San Francisco, and I've never read in it before. Uh, it's basically like a pub crawl, as the name suggests. It takes place in, in the Mission District, which we can see outside the window, but you can't see. Uh, and uh, it, again, it's just another fantastic event. Every single bookstore, every single space is just, um, you know, it's just uh, overtaken with literary events. So great event. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Oh, yeah, I was going to say specifically that I'll be reading at the Encounters in Faraway Places event. And that's put on by Traveler's Tales. Traveler's Tales also sponsors the Solas Awards. And that's why I get to read because I was lucky enough this year to win a few of the Solas Awards. And so I think I'm going to read uh, the story that took first place in the humor category, and that's called Let It Flow, um, although I'm not sure yet. I have to think about that. I don't know if I'm required to read that or if I get to choose. Anyway, we'll see. I think that about sums up the current uh, goings on, and poor Zoe is sitting here wondering if I'm ever going to stop talking. So let's get into, uh, let's get into the show. In uh, every October, the Mill Valley Film Festival welcomes more than 200 filmmakers and 60,000 attendees from more than 50 countries. And like I said last time, I knew that the film festival was a big deal. I didn't realize it was that big a deal. So that's, that's really exciting. Uh, but they include a veritable who's who of A-listers, including Helen Mirren. These are past guests. Helen Mirren, Ryan Gosling, Glenn Close, Edward Norton, Uma Thurton, Sri and McKellen. And honestly, too many others to mention, although we are going to mention some of this year's A-listers who will be there. Zoe Elton is director of programming for the festival. 
And she is also a writer, interviewer, and cartoonist, as well as a tea drinker, book nerd, food appreciator, and yogi. She has learned model making, designed gold jewelry, and written and directed theater. More often, she writes about film and story making, and she interviews filmmakers and luminaries such as Dustin Hoffman, Ang Lee, and Viola Davis, both in print and at the Mill Valley Film Festival, and sometimes also at nearby Skywalker Ranch. Zoe also travels far and wide in search of films, which of course is what she's here to talk about today, from Berlin to Burkina Faso and beyond. But again, today I have the honor of having her right here in my studio for her second visit. Welcome, Zoe. Thank you. Thanks for coming back. I guess it went okay the first time. I was able, <laughs> I was able to coax you back for a second visit. Yeah, here so we are. Here we are again. Um, so as I said, since you have been on before, we're not going to rehash a lot of what we talked about last time. People okay. will just need to go back and listen to that interview. Oh, there you go. You know, and just for people who, who weren't, uh, who haven't heard the, the previous episode, some of the things we talked about were the origins of the festival, its evolution, some of the ways it's made an impact in, in, the, in the bigger scheme of things, in the festival scheme of things, and some of the various programs. So we are going to touch on, on some of those programs again, including Mind the Gap, but I think it would be interesting for viewers and listeners who didn't see or listen to the first episode, just to hear a little bit about your history with the festival and how you got started with it and, um, and, uh, and, and your continued involvement with it. I got started with the Mill Valley Film Festival when it first began and I was just, I'd pretty much just arrived from England and I have, as you know, I have a sort of a multifarious background, mostly in theater. And uh, they were starting a film festival and, you know, looking for people to jump in, which I did. Um, and in the early part of working there, I did the Video Fest. So Mill Valley was sort of in the vanguard of film, f you know, most film festivals were kind of like all about celluloid at that point. I mean, who even knows what celluloid is right uh, now? I'm you not know? sure I've ever heard of it. <laughs> um, but... Essentially, you know, the evolution of the Mill Valley Film Festival kind of tracks the journey of film into, you know, from 35 millimeter into digital cinema and, of course, now beyond. Right. So uh, that was actually kind of fascinating. So, so early on, I had a sort of a, a mixed career where I worked writing and directing theater, designing and doing curation for a part of the film festival. And just uh, something I forgot to mention that, that's pretty relevant is when we talk about the history and early on, we're actually talking about 40 years ago. Last year yeah. was the 40th anniversary of the right. festival and the 40th anniversary of your involvement in that's it. That's right. So yeah. this really has been around for a long time and, and again, has been as really have influential. I. As have <laughs> as have all of us here at the Matthew Felix On Air Show. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but that's great. And, you know, I did ask you last time, we don't have to... I just, I think it has, it speaks to what a great job you must have if 40 years you're still there, be, 40 years later you're still there because nobody does that. Nobody does that, right? I know, it's wild. Nobody yeah. does do that anymore. But I think a part of it, you know, is a, the, the nature of this work is so, uh, you know, multifarious. I mean, running an international film festival um, means that you kind of like intersect with so many different cultures through film right I mean I, I really noticed it actually when I was in Berlin in February uh, you know Berlin because it's sort of towards the east of Europe and because it has a political sensibility often the the tone of the overall programming there has quite a sort of you know a political sensibility mm -hmm. and I think there was a point when I was there where I felt like 
you know, it's just extraordinary to experience stories through film that makes you realize how much the human condition is common to us all. Right. You know, and I right. think that that, I don't know, for some reason it was really hitting me there this year. Yeah, we're all in this together and sometimes we lose sight of that. Yeah. And so it's nice film can kind of provide the reminder. Can get you there, yeah. Right. Yeah. Before we... Um, before we go too much further, just in the context of sort of setting the background and the stage for the festival itself, but then also the California Film Institute, mm. I think we should probably give them a shout out because it's what's yeah. what's their role here yeah. and how do they fit in? Yeah. The California Film Institute is sort of the umbrella nonprofit um, with several projects underneath that umbrella. So Mill Valley Film Festival was the first and the original one. So that, that started. Um, and then... About almost 20 years ago, it'll be next year it'll be an, an anniversary, okay. um, we started the Rafael Film Center in uh, San Rafael. So we uh, renovated and rebooted you know, that beautiful deco mm. theater, mm. Um, which will be hitting its 20th anniversary next year. Wow. Yeah, and then we also have uh, an education program. And uh, that goes year round. We just had a program where kids were showing films that they'd made in a week. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it's that we do some amazing, amazing things. Yeah, that's like the that. podcast program I just mentioned that 826 Valencia yeah. does with their kids. Yeah. And um, I can only imagine how great those films must be. Well, it's kind of, yes. You know, we have a place, uh, we have a thing called uh, My Place, My Story. Okay. So kids who are come from all around the San Francisco area, um, get to learn how to make a film that's autobiographical in a week. So they make a short film. And then we show them, you know, often before like our member screenings year round at the Rafael Film Center. Okay. So that's kind of great. Oh, that's, that's um, really great. But we also do a program in the summer where the kids, um, you know, learn about curation and so on and, you know, how films are made. And they, go, uh, coming out of that, they become curators and they see the youth entries that we've received for the film festival and they put together a show that we show at the festival. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Okay. So that's just a little bit of background about the um, California Film Institute and how it supports the, the, uh, the festival itself. But before we get into the festival itself, you do travel the world looking for films and finding films, which again is an incredibly enviable job. But <laughs> So like I said, though, before we get into the specifics of this year's festival, what are some of the just broader trends that you've seen over the course of the past year in your travels and, and in your um, attendance at these various festivals? Are there certain trends that jump out? I mean, there must be, or maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe each festival makes its own mark and they really are, each of them is really different and really focused mm -hmm. on different areas. Or are there... Are there trends that you can discern? Well, I, th I think that festivals do have, you know, in the way that I was saying about Berlin, you know, I mean, I do think that what I was seeing with that were uh, films that were coming out of different sensibilities and that were, uh, you know, pushing the envelope politically right. and speaking to where we're at politically. Um, the Cannes Film Festival was interesting this year. There was a lot of to do about uh, women, as mm -hmm. there has been, mm -hmm. um, not a lot of women directors in the the main competition, um, but they had a significant number of women on the jury, um, and Kate Blanchett was the jury chair. Right. So there was a point where uh, they did uh, an action, where eighty-two women stood on the 
on the, the stairs of the main theater in Cannes, uh, representing the 82 women who've been in the competition in its, how many years is it now? Was it 70? 70? It's about 70 I feel like years. like it was 70, yeah. yeah. And I honestly, I forgive me, I cannot remember the number of men who've had films there, but it's something like 15, you know, 14, 1500. Right, right. So it's, it's a striking comparison. I read the statistic in our last interview. That's right. And it was astonishing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all know that it's it's a bad situation that needs to be addressed. But when I saw that statistic, it really it was even much further out there than than I would than I would have imagined. If I yeah. not that I have any context for that, yeah. but I was really shocked when I yeah. and I don't remember it off the top of my head either. Yeah. Um, did you happen to see this is a quick tangent, but it's specifically related to that point. I just saw this morning in El País, which is the Spanish newspaper uh, from Spain. The uh, they just did something like that at the San Sebastian film festival that's going on right now they had a i have it in my notes but it's later on but basically it's i guess a it pledge can't it's the pledge okay. yes and they just did this 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 morning so, or yesterday in, yeah in Spain. so what came out of that was a, a group of people got together in Cannes, and at the end of the Cannes film festival they made a three-point pledge um which they actually quite astonishingly got the powers that be at Cannes to sign and it's the 50-50 by 2020 pledge. And it requests um, a lot of uh, transparency about who's choosing the films, about the numbers of filmmakers that you're considering, uh, what the makeup of your board of directors is. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yep. So um, we're signing that um, as a part of the... Uh, this we'll, we'll be signing it um, at the Mind the Gap Summit on October the 6th. Um, since that, uh, Toronto just signed on. Um, I think they said Venice had. I yeah, think, Venice. In the yeah. article that I read. Yeah. yeah. Because in Spain, unfortunately, this article was commenting on how the situation in the past two years has actually gotten worse mm. for women insofar yeah. as the statistics, their involvement. Yeah. And so hopefully this yeah. will do something. So like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about Mind the Gap Great. Uh, later on. But... Um, Okay, so Mind the Gap is one program, like I said, that we'll be talking about. But and and we can't talk about all your programs because there is There's so much you guys have going. You really need to rein it in. I, I mean, know, you really yeah, need really. to rein it in. Uh, but can you just talk about at a high level, just kind of list some of your programs um, other than Mind the Gap and Active Cinema, which are the two we are going to focus on, yep. just to give people an idea of some of the other um, areas that you cover and, and focus yeah. on. Yeah. Well, the. I mean, in a way, what you're asking is about how do we organize all this yeah, stuff? Yeah, exactly. You know? true, true. So the festival is 11 days. We have an opening night with two films because we, have, we don't have a theater big enough to play just one. Um, we have a closing night. So we're bookended by, you know, the sort of two big nights. And then during the film festival, um, we have shows where we honor filmmakers, um, directors, actors, mostly this year um, in two ways, either as a tribute when we're looking at a sort of, at a, you know, world, at, at, at a, a lifetime achievement. Right, someone who has a big body of work that you want to honor. That we want to honor. Um, or um, in spotlights. Um, and our spotlights really look at people, regardless of whether they have a large body of work or even if they're quite young, are youngest uh, spotlight this year is a 19, 19 year old right right yeah and we give them an award and it's really in the context of the work that they're doing right now and in a in a particular project right um then throughout the festival we show films in different of different genres we show world cinema 
U.S. cinema, documentaries, family films, shorts, um, music f films. Uh, we have a small cannabis focus as well. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Well, you can even get a cannabis pass you if you can. just want to go to you those can, movies. Yeah, you can yeah. get the cannabis pass. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we also, we also have focuses. Um, and those really come out of things that we see as being, you know, coming out of the concerns of the filmmakers whose work we're, we're booking for this year. Sure. So we have a queer focus, we have a black focus, um, and... Animation. Animation, yeah. And there's one other. And Teens and 20s? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. There you, you go. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. I get to yeah. cheat. Yeah. I didn't let you use your notes, but that's I've got great. my notes yeah, here for great. both of us. Yeah. Yeah, the teens and 20s has, uh, you know, for some time we've really sort of been looking at whether there is like a young person's equivalent of YA novels. Mm, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So for some time we've really been looking at that um, and we wanted to put that into a focus this year because we have actually several films that really look, are, you know, are driven by young people's stories. Yeah. yeah. All right. Interesting. So thank you for that high level summary. Like I said, there's there's just so much there, but that at least gives people an idea of all the different world, North America, USA. Um, but um, actually now I'm touching on your premieres, which is my next question. So you have 25 premieres at this year's festival. Um, and they are in the three categories that I just mentioned, world, North America and USA, which you've broken out. Uh, how important are the premieres to the success or prestige of a festival? I mean, is that a big part of when you're putting together the program? Presumably, I'm guessing you would want to have a certain number of significant premieres. And that's part of the part of the hope and, and objectives of, of the, 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 the programming. For, yeah, I think for a film festival like Mill Valley, which, you know, has been around a long time, which has an international profile, uh, which shows, uh, I mean, we show a lot of films that are going to be on awards track, you know, so they're getting their California premieres here. Typically, they may have shown at Toronto or Telluride prior. Okay. But the first time they're seen on the West Coast is at Mill Valley. Okay. Um, so that happens a lot. Um, and then there are a lot of premieres, you know, throughout the fabric of the festival. Yep. And I think really what that helps us to do is to really support filmmakers as they launch their films and as they get their films out into the world. For a festival, I think it's important um, in as much as, you know, we can support filmmakers, we can get more press for them if they are, you know, getting the film out for the first time. But the other thing I think that's crucial with the Mill Valley Film Festival is we have a pretty amazing audience. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that people in the San Francisco Bay Area are very uh, film literate, very uh, open to arts and ideas and story and that whole gamut. Sure. So that when you get the experience of showing your film for the first time, with an audience here. It's like a safe audience. It's, yeah, it's yeah. safe, but it's also, um, you know, it's not safe to the point of being... I guess safe maybe may supportive and engaged is a baby. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. It may be a better way of yeah, characterizing definitely. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's, let's talk about open night, opening okay. night. You just mentioned the event is essentially bookended by a big opening night, big closing night. 
How do you decide you have all of the, how many films? I didn't see that statistic. Do you know how many films you have? Overall, I'm putting you on the spot. You yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm really bad with numbers. <laughs> but is it like a um, hundred or 200 or? It, we've got about 200 films 200-ish. in about a okay. hundred and something programs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. So point being, you have a lot of films, whatever the exact number is. How do you choose from that vast number of films? What's going to open the festival and what is opening the festival this year? Right. The criteria that we use for opening the festival is it needs to be something that's new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to be something where we know that we'll have some guests. And uh, that's what we we go for. Yeah. Um, so there's an expectation that it'll be a film that is somewhat high level. Um, and... So those are the criteria. So what does that mean? It'll be somewhat high level. Well, meaning that the, you know the expectation would be that this is a film that has significant talent or a significant oh director. high level insofar as visibility. Yeah, visibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Um, and so we really in you know in the as the year begins, we start looking at what films are coming out towards the end of the year, um, what films would be likely and I I keep an ongoing wish list of films that could be opening or closing mm, and mm-hmm. we start you know fairly early in the year talking to distributors you know we go to LA and we talk to people about what's coming out and you know who's likely to be around and yeah. available yeah. and that kind of thing so I a mean, lot of it's just timing oh, a lot it's of all it's about timing. timing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So which two films did you end up with then for this year's opening night? For opening, yes. we have, drum roll. <laughs> is this, uh, because the program is already no, the out there. The program's out, right. yeah. Okay, all right. No, no, Damn, it's, uh, I wish, I thought I had an exclusive <laughs> <No>. <laughs> here. Damn. Uh, we have Green Book. Okay. And we have A Private War. Okay. If I may interrupt. Yes. We have a trailer for Green Book. Great. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer, and then you can tell us a little bit about what that's about. Well, why don't you just um, give us a little lead-in to the trailer with regards to the t- uh, who's in it and kind of a quick lead-in, and then I'll show the trailer. Great. Okay. So um, this is a film that has Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. Two great actors. Yeah. We are expecting Mahershala Ali to be at the festival. Uh-huh. Um, it's, a, it's based on a true story. Um, about an Italian guy uh-huh. who'd been working in the clubs uh, uh-huh. who ends up driving uh, an African-American uh, musician right. through the South. Okay, so hold that thought. Yeah. And we'll talk more about it after we play my first ever trailer here. So fingers crossed. Okay, here we go. go for it. This is, uh, t- gr- this is Green Book. Yeah. Some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's gonna be problems. Promise me you're gonna write me a letter. No problems. Tell me that don't smell good. I've never had fried chicken in my life. You people love the fried chicken. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony. Yeah, right? I'm good. I'm the way I know. Who 
be interacting with some of the wealthiest people in the country. It is my feeling that your addiction Wolf, could use some finessing. Fanaba, why are you breaking my balls? Because you can do better, Mr. Balalonga. I saw Dr. Shirley play the piano. He's like a genius, I think. Come on, take it easy. I prefer not to get grease on my blanket. Ooh, I'm gonna get grease on my blanket. This gentleman says that I'm not permitted to dine here. I'm afraid not. How does he smile and shake their hands like that? Because it takes courage to change people's hearts. What are you doing? A lot of May I? Dear Dolores, sometimes you remind me of a house. You know this is pathetic, right? Put this down. The distance between us is breaking my spirit. Falling in love with you was the easiest thing I have ever done. P.S. Kiss the kids. That's like clinging a cowbell at the end of Shostakovich's which is the seventh. And that's good. It's perfect, Toby. You never win with violence. You only win when you maintain your dignity. You don't know your own people. You, Mr. Big Shot, doing concerts for rich people. So if I'm not black enough, and if I'm not white enough, then tell me, Tony, what am I? Don't you call me? Anyone can sound like Beethoven. For your music, what you do, only you can do that. about the bones we do this all right so that's the green book trail it looks very interesting it looks like a lot of this is about the relationship obviously between these two men it's really about the relationship yeah. between the two of them yeah yeah i mean it's just like it's such an odd couple relationship you know you've got the the guy who is the driver you know the club has to close for a while and he, need, he needs a job so he takes it and uh he's a like you said, such an odd couple. Yeah, And totally. he's quite a character, it looks like, just yep. ju judging from the trailer. But then it's also yep. taking place in the South in the 60s, and yes. it's a black uh, musician. Right. Who, But he's the one with the power in the relationship, and so far as economically speaking, yeah. at least. Plus he's, you know, plus he's a doctor. So when the, you know, when he, when the, the Viggo Mortensen character first meets him, he thinks he's meeting a medical doctor. Right, no, right, right. He's not. <laughs> so he's a very... Um, elegant and eloquent cultured yeah. And, yeah, yeah you know genius of a guy so there's a huge irony because here we are in the 60s you know there's segregation they cannot stay in the same hotel mm. there's all that kind of stuff sure sure um and it's uh it, you know again based on a true story um it's a reminder of... Oh, it is. It's based on a... Yeah. I missed that part. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that makes it even more yeah. compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, it's a reminder of America's past that is actually kind of fascinating. Mostly it's past. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and perhaps yeah. some lessons for today as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, they, they don't go away. Right. Okay, so then the other one, the other opening night film... Well, I actually, I'm just going to say. Or you want to say something else about, about sure, it's, sure. It's directed by Peter Farrelly, who did Dumb and Dumber. So it's like <laughs> really, yeah, it's, I missed that it's part like when the I was oddest huh. sort of transition yeah. into you know this sort of he's clearly evolving. Yeah, film, you know? <laughs> interesting. Um, but huh. also, uh, the other opening night film, A Private War, is directed by Mike, uh, Matthew Heinemann, who comes to his first narrative film from documentary. Okay. Filmmaking, so they're you know they're both sort of in these interesting transitional things in their in their careers, 
Um, and again, uh, Private War is also based on a true story. It's uh, Rosamund Pike, um, who's playing Marie Colvin, mm -hmm. who's a war correspondent. I mean, I mean, what a an amazing woman. Um, her performance is extraordinary. Yeah, this was one of those things where you you hear her, you see her. I mean, she's sort of you know driving the whole film, mm -hmm. and she is such a you know, a force. force. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. um it's pretty amazing. And she's a correspondent in Syria. Right. I think is yeah. where this largely takes place. Yeah, it, it, it takes place in, you know, a couple of different time zones. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's opening night. And I think Rosamond and Matthew are gonna be potenti uh, potentially at the Rosamund, open night. Yeah, Rosamond Pike will be here, Matthew will be here, Mahushala Ali and Peter Farley will be All here. Right. Okay. Yeah. So get to opening night. And by the way, I don't think I said the dates. Ten four, Thursday. October 4th, I think, is the opening. That's right. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And it goes until the 14th Correct, of October, yeah. which is, what day is that? That's is that a Sunday? Sunday? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's opening night, but then you have something that you call the uh, centerpiece right. event. And what film is featured? This, well, first of all, what is the centerpiece event? How this is that different from the spotlights or the you know the other different sort of categories that you have? What's yeah, the centerpiece? Yeah, it's kind of like a sort of a mid... A mid eleven, mid-ish depends on scheduling, obviously. Uh, but it's sort of like a oh, it's the center of the festival. Yeah, it's is like what the center of the to. festival, okay, sure. and it's a way of sort of having a celebratory film. in sort of you know as a sort of a, as a midpoint kickoff. Okay, and so what did you choose this uh, year? Roma, Alfonso Cuarón's new film, which is really an exquisite film. He is such a masterful filmmaker. This is one of two or three films where I'm just seeing, you know, people who are really extraordinary cinema makers. Um, this one is set, it's sort of semi-autobiographical. Um, it, it sort of honors his childhood and his growing up in Mexico City. Um, and it's really centers on the women who keep the household going, the mm -hmm. housekeepers. Mm -hmm. um, and with them at the sort of the center of the story, we really see a portrait of what was going on politically, in the streets, in the homes. Uh, you know, it's a... And judging from the trailer, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. A lot going, going on, on at yeah, that, yeah, at yeah. That, at that, yeah. In that uh, period of time, yeah. or time period. Um, the other thing is, for those who don't know Alfonso Cuaron, he did Y tu mamá también. Right. But then he also did two others that are pretty well known. Um, he did one of the Harry Potters. Oh, he did one of the Harry Potters. He did. Okay. okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, some Harry, you know, sort of the, the Potter purists will tell you that his is their favorite. Ah. Because I forget which one it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Potter purists are yeah. big fans of uh, Cuardón. All right. So Roma is a stunner. Check out Roma. I had one question because, um, you know, this was one of the films I was going to include the trailer for, but then there mm. was almost no dialogue in the right, trailer. <laughs> right, right. So in the end, I ended up not, not going with that one for a trailer to include. But at the end of the trailer, I saw that this is a Netflix film. Correct. And I know that this year it can. And by the way... Um, Zoe made sure that I am pronouncing can correctly because, and it was my, f I asked her, she did not correct me, <laughs> but on our last show, I was saying con, con, and then I kept hearing her say can, and I speak French, so I thought I knew what I was saying, but it turns out it's can. Oops, I'm looking at the wrong camera. For all of you who want to say it right, of course, we already know not to say the S, right? but I was getting the, the A wrong. Anyway, point yep. being, Netflix films were banned this year from can. They were because there is a law in France that won't 
let you show films at the Cannes Film Festival or wherever if they're coming out um, if they're coming out on streaming platforms within I forget exactly what the time was. It's something like two or three years. It was a oh long, wow. yeah. It was Big not window. a short yeah. period of time. Yeah. So it's kind of fascinating, just because it, it just tells you that time actually has changed. Um, but I think one of the things that's really interesting, like with Roma, uh, Quaron made this to be seen on on a four K screen. We, with the help of Netflix, have actually brought in additional projectors oh, really? and upbooted our sound system in at the Rafael Film Center to so that this film can be seen optimally in a cinema. Oh wow. Interesting. And I think that tells you I, I just I think it tells you something about Netflix. That there's a commitment to filmmakers. I mean the slate that they have this year has some extraordinary filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we're in an interesting time. Well and, and that's why I bring it up because yeah. I I don't see today how you could ignore or just discount Netflix and also Amazon. I mean, they're right. both they're both yeah. making some really good work, and I understand. I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't understand necessarily exactly sort of the motivations. Um, I mean, I guess it's about preserving the theaters. I don't know what the French government or the French um, campaigners for that were thinking, but um, well, you know, their motivations sort of owns the you know owns cinema. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like it's like. It's a purist thing again. I perhaps? think it's a purist thing, totally. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was just, I was just curious, and so it's interesting though that they're Netflix in this case. Not only are you welcoming them in and just recognizing their current contribution, yeah. but you're collaborating with them, yeah. And you get to have yeah. a, this enhanced experience that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yeah. So Interesting. Okay. So another feature of the festival that you've already mentioned are your spotlights, right? And. Other than um, the kindergarten teacher, which we're going to talk about at the end, what are some of, first of all, again, what are spotlights? And then what are some of the spotlights that you're shining, if you will, this right. year? Yeah. Spotlight is a program in which we um, pull to the fore uh, some of the films that we think have really interesting work. Mm -hmm. And in the context of the program, we offer an award to the people who are behind it. Um, and we do it in several different ways. So, for instance, the first spotlight that we have this year has both Kerry Mulligan and Paul Dano in attendance. Mm -hmm. um, this film, Wildlife, uh, based on a novel, is Paul Dano's first directorial outing. Because he's an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, one of the things that we thought that was really strong about it is the collaboration. Um, so we're, sh we're looking at the specifically at the director-actor collaboration, and we're honoring uh, Paul and Kerry for their work in mm -hmm. that realm. Mm -hmm. um, also, just like a little back pocket thing as well, um, the person who wrote it is Zoe Kazan, who is Paul Dano's partner. Uh -huh. So um, All in the family. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the collaboration <laughs> goes even deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's one of the spotlights. Yeah. And what are a couple <coughs> others? Um, one with Joel Edgerton with the film Boy Erased, which is about a boy who goes through, uh, what do you call it? Conversion therapy. Conversion, gay conversion yeah, camp. Yeah, gay conversion camp. Yeah. Right. Um, he's made a, he's another actor turned director. He's made a film before. Um, this one, he brings in quite a few of his Australian colleagues. Uh, uh, Nicole Kidman is in this and, you know, it's, it's sort of an amazing cast. Um, 
Lucas Hedges plays the boy, uh, Russell Crowe is in it. And so again, you know, and again, this is sort of also in the context of the, uh, the you know, the young adult kind of themed Excuse me. films. Um, so we, we were honoring him. May I, may I throw something out? It's also in the spirit <coughs> of, of, it's also very, very timely. Did you, I'm sure you heard about, I just read this today. I had heard about this, I guess, yesterday maybe, but I read it, another article in The Guardian today about the, uh, the temporary, uh, the Kenyan film, the Rafiki. banned lesbian drama, that the ban on that lesbian drama has been temporarily lifted right. so that it can be eligible for the Academy Awards. Right. And so I guess, according to the article I read, they had to open another theater to play it because so many people were turning up. And um, so again these issues are still just so timely. They are. And of course, yeah. that was one of the films that we saw in Cannes. Uh, that, that's right. And I, that, that was in the article. The film festival. Sure. Yeah. And actually, we just had um, Karen Davis and I, one of our programmers, and I were just emailing with Wanuri Kahui, who's the director, oh, wow. saying, hey, congratulations. And oh, she, wow. said, she said, yeah, I didn't see that it was actually happened because I was on a plane to L.A. Oh, my gosh. So oh, my gosh. Uh, she's thrilled. I bet. And I think it's kind of interesting, you know, it's, it's, it's a sort of an odd testament to the power of film mm -hmm. that this country, which has laws that we would, you know, go against human rights. Right, uh, very um, clearly. Is actually willing to get this film into the public eye because they want to be on Oscar track, which they should be. The, the other thing that's wild for me this year is that we have two films from Kenya. Uh, this one and another film called Supermodo. Uh -huh. <laughs> and in the history of Mill Valley, this doubles the number of films we've had from Kenya. Oh, wow. Okay, so Kenya's um, on a roll. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's And they're like doing it with, with a bang, no yeah, less. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually kind of great that, okay. that, that uh, Rafiki is, you know, at least hopefully going to get nominated as Kenya's uh Yeah. I mean, it sounds Academy like it. Thing. It yeah. sounds like it. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, give me another spotlight. Oh, another spotlight. Um, wow. Oh, <laughs> well, how about Amanda Stenberg? Who's, okay. She's our youngest honoree You just referred year. to her a second ago. Yeah. Yep. Um, in um, The Hate You Give. Again, based on a YA novel this time. Um, she's 19. She's almost 20. She is, a, you know, she's like a force of nature, uh -huh. this young woman. Uh -huh. I mean, she's, she's an actor. She's an activist. She's a musician. You know, she's sort of, does she doesn't kind of like fit in any one category. So yeah. I'm really thrilled that we're going to be honoring her. And so she'll be there as yep. well. Yeah. Yep. She will. And actually behind the scenes, um, she and some of the other talent behind the film will be doing a screening for our education program, uh, not open to the public with a group of teenagers the next day. All right. So that's kind of great. So she's well. really involved. Yeah. She's really, uh, you're really yeah. putting her to work, it sounds like. Yeah, we are. I mean, <laughs> you said, hey, we'll give, you a, we'll give you an honor, we'll give you an award, but you're going to have to work for it. Yeah, right. This is not going to be <laughs> a walk in the park. Okay. Yeah. So the next spotlight that I would like to focus on is the one, because I, I think there were one or two others. There um, are. In yeah. the interest of time, we're going yep. to jump to the kindergarten teacher. Great. And this is Maggie Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? G yeah. or J? I think it's J. I mean, I know who she is. I wa I've watched <laughs> The Deuce. I've watched The Honorable Woman. I've watched, what was the one she did a long time ago? The Secretary? No. Where she played a secretary. Um, oh. That was kind of one of her breakout. It was yes. with James Spader, I think, was the guy. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, anyway, I, yeah. so I'm very familiar with her. I'm just not sure how to pronounce that consonant. Anyway, 
Uh, she's everywhere right now in those things that I just mentioned and, and elsewhere. But then she has this, this new film, The Kindergarten Teacher, coming out. Uh, I also have a clip for this. So maybe I'll just play the clip and then we'll talk about it. Sounds great. All right. Roll the clip. So tell me about you. What, what, do, you, what do you do? I teach kindergarten. That's such a delicate thing, right? You give the kids something and then they, yeah, they have it forever. The sun hits her yellow house. It's almost like a sign from God. Was that a poem? <laughs> that was a poem. The sun hits her yellow house. It is almost like a sign from God. Wow. With so few elements, do you think something very, very complex? I think we have a young Mozart. If you stay curious, then you can see the world however you want. Like a cat. I've asked Jimmy to recite a few of his poems at a poetry reading. Forget it. On Thursday, he has baseball practice with his friend. But he's gifted, Mr. Roy. I want my son to have a normal life. Hello. Jimmy, hi. It's Lisa. Why are you calling me? It's almost like a sign from God. Why are you upset? I loved it. Talent is so fragile and so rare, and our culture does everything to crush it. Hey, Jimmy. Hi. Hi. Turn that. Push it to the left. Mozart was nurtured by kings and queens. Massaged his tired hands. They fed him candy. We're gonna recite your poems, and we're gonna publish a book that has your name on it. Hello, can you help me? Okay, The Kindergarten Teacher, only on Netflix. So that's another Netflix one. It is. Which I did yeah. not realize until just now, even though I watched that earlier. I forgot about that. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, what I was going to say, my reaction to that, and then I want to hear you obviously talk more about the film. But my reaction to that clip was, in the beginning, it was kind of got a slow start. And I almost thought it was going to be sort of a sweet, feel-good sort of thing. Uh -huh. But then as the uh, trailer plays, then the music changes, and it starts to get a little tense, and then it gets tenser and tenser and it seems that there's a lot more going on here is my impression that, having only just yeah. seen the trailer that so what can it. you tell us yeah that nails it yeah without any spoilers right yeah um it, this is kind of a fascinating it's a fascinating film and an amazing performance um and you nailed essentially what it is she is a kindergarten teacher and she sees one of these kids in her class and she thinks he's a genius he's a you know he, he's making up spontaneous poetry and she essentially becomes obsessed with him and she seems on the surface to be you know a really great teacher and yet below the surface there is something that is it you know it's not it doesn't sort of tip you over into the realms of you know horror or genre mm -hmm. 
And I think that's great credit to her performance, where there is just something that is just not quite right. She could have overplayed it. She totally, could have done, yeah. and, but it's much more subtle and nuanced and therefore compelling yeah. and believable and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Kind of fascinating. Okay. All right. The kindergarten teacher. Yeah. Okay. Anything else before we move on from that one? Well, actually, you know. Because I, I think I still see wheels spinning. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, well, it's, I, you know, I'm just sort of. Just to sort of relate back to several of the things that we're showing this year, I think we have a lot of films that will be spinning the wheels of the Academy. Yeah. And there are a lot of performances that are damaged or, uh, uh, you know, these really intense female characters. This is one of them. Uh, the, the character that Nicole Kidman plays in Karen Kusama's mm, film, Destroyer. Yeah. You know, if you've seen that picture of her, she is yes. literally unrecognizable. I've seen the picture, yeah. Uh, you know, noir gone, very noir. Right. Um, <laughs> and then um, also, I mean, we're honoring Richard E. Grant, but in the film, Can You Ever Forgive Me, um, the, the uh, character played by Melissa McCarthy, again, based on a true story, you know, is... Um, uh, is an author who starts f doing for forging autographs to make a living. You know, her own autographs or no, other people's. No, 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 famous people from history. There's an idea. Mm -hmm. I may have to see that film just you to know, get some it's, pointers. It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Okay, but there, <laughs> it, there are a lot of these characters who are are challenging, dense, dark. Right. You know. Flawed. Yeah. yeah. Flawed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Badass. Badass. badass we, lo we love the badass. Yeah. So speaking of badass women, beautiful segue. And that is why I ended with um, with the kindergarten teacher, yep. because at that presentation, at that spotlight um, event, you're also going to present your Mind the Gap Award. Yeah. And so this Mind the Gap Award is in effect for badass women. And the Mind the Gap <laughs> program is for women in general, in a broader sense. And we touched on this a little bit earlier already in the show when we were talking about right. I brought up San Sebastian, and I can't remember why I brought up San Sebastian. But anyway, tell us a little bit about because I know this is it a was passionate because of the pledge because there's the because of the, the pledge, pledge exactly you know, which is sort of happening internationally. Right, yeah. right. So tell us about Mind the Gap. Um, what is it? What's the program? Uh, Mind the Gap. The gap we're talking about is the gender gap. Right. Um, it was inspired several years ago by Stacy Smith's work. She's the she's the professor from USC whose work is always cited when people are talking about 7% you know, directors mm. in Hollywood, 2% or less composers are women. Um, it, she's the person who coined the phrase inclusion writer that Frances McDormand uh, called out at the Oscars this year. Yep. So she inspired us really to say, <clears throat> you know, to note things are really not changing very much. Mm -hmm. So what can we as a film festival do to push things forward, to up the ante, to, you know, to try and make a difference? So we committed to 50-50 by 2020 a couple of years ago. So to get getting to 50-50 women directors, we track the number of women directors, producers, writers in all the films that we're showing. Um, so we've started doing that several years ago. Which I think is an interesting distinction to, to, to point out is that it's in front of and behind the cameras. Right. It's, it's holistic. <coughs> it's not one or the other. It's, it's all of the above. Yeah. 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 Um, and um, so we've started doing that so that we can really see 
what we're doing as a festival mm-hmm. and we can you know be a role model for other people in doing that sure because you know as much as we say oh can only has you know one or two women directors um it's hard you know just because if you know if there's only seven percent women on average coming out of hollywood well, see, that was one of my questions that you know, was one of my questions that, right? exactly you're setting these these very respectable uh, but also challenging goals right and if women aren't in the picture to the extent that they need to be but you're trying to make sure that you're including them then sometimes do you sort of hit a wall or are not necessarily you're able to find because you just said seven percent for example right yeah and you're trying to get to 50 50 so how do you take seven and get to 50 <laughs> right i mean right. it must be challenging at times well we're not only showing films from hollywood that's a part of it okay we're okay. showing films from all around the world we're showing documentaries we're showing shorts and, and you said you entered three films this year just to kind of get the percentage up, right? Say again. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, make a couple films just yeah, so we right. can get it. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, we're actually at 45% this year, Yeah, which is pretty extraordinary. Well, that was my next question because you set yeah. the goal for 50-50, you just said by 2020. 2020. Yep. So I was curious how far you'd gotten this year. I, You know, when we first started tracking, we were at about 33%. That was like two or three years ago. And... We got to 44% last year at 45% this year. Honestly, I thought we were going to slip back a little this year, uh-huh. you know, for drama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want to make it too easy on no, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. we've got to have little setbacks along the way. But the yeah. truth is, for an international festival, as opposed to, say, a festival that is a women's festival, you know, we have a couple of handicaps. We're international. We're showing premieres. So, you know, those things already hinder us a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, we have a kick-ass team of, um, of curators and we do the research and we track it. And, you know, the other thing that's happened is that since we've been doing this, we've increased the number of women directors, you know, percentage-wise. But, you know, our ticket sales continue to rise, <laughs> you know, and, you know. It's almost as if there's an appetite for, right. for women in film. There may well be. There well, may you well know, be. It's like women make up, you know, we, we know we're over. That was sarcasm. I need to clarify no, no. that was sarcasm. <laughs> I'm saying, of course there is, is my right, point. Yeah, I need to clarify yeah. because you didn't get it. I don't want other people not get it. <laughs> God, he's such a misogynist. No, yeah. but I think that's great. No, but it's that's true. That's right, right? No, I mean, you know, women are, you know, like 50, 51% of the population. <laughs> right. And people like to see films that reflect something of who they are whether it's direct or indirect. Yes. Um, we so wanna re- yeah, of course, we want to relate. Yeah, we want to relate. And in any sort of art. Yeah. We want we want to be able to relate. Yeah, exactly. Something you guys are also doing that I thought was great is it's not even just the film. You're applying this to your organization or right. some variation of this to your organization, yeah. if I recall. Yeah. Are you trying to get, is it is the, is the, same, is it the same objective, 50-50 women within Mill Valley Film Festival? Within, or that's for, yeah, that's the goal for within the film festival. Um, in our education program, we're really sort of addressing how we look at, you know, making films, how we're working with kids, um, you know, how we, whose stories, stories we're telling. Um, it's harder at um, the Rafael Film Center. You know, we're not necessarily going for 50-50 in the same way there. Yeah. But we are doing programs that um, emphasize the work of women. And we've started you know, putting a little icon on that in the uh, in the program just so that people will know that at the theater too, this is something that's directed by a woman or is a female forward story, that kind of thing. Right. So right. it's raising awareness in that way. Right. So I was going to ask you also um, more about, I think you've, I think you've already touched on it though. I just want to make sure because you're, you're going to honor Stacey Smith right. this year. 
Uh, is there anything else we need to say there? Or have we kind of covered? I mean, she's the one who started it. That's the gist of it. And she's the one who's really brought the initial attention to this. And so you're awarding her this year. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time, I mean, you know, the, the, the Mind the Gap Award is new. Okay. Uh, the award itself it is new. one time okay. last year in December uh, to Angela Robinson for her film, uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Okay. Um, <laughs> which uh, was a female forward story directed by a woman, written by a woman. She had a, a lot of women on her cast. Uh, uh, sorry, behind the li- you know below the line her as well. Her team or her yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so this year we're integrating it into the Mill Valley Film Festival. Um, Stacy Smith, we're honoring for her extraordinary work. Yep. Um, and then in addition to that, we're honoring uh, Kerry Mulligan mm-hmm. um, for the choices that she's really made as an actor throughout her career, mm-hmm. and uh, also Maggie Gyllenhaal. And then we're going to be doing another program. In December, this is your scoop, there, um, oh yes. with Andrea yes. Riseborough, um, who has her own uh, company called Mother Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. And uh-huh. um, she's committed to having a lot of women below the line. So her film, Nancy, was at Sundance this year. It came out in uh, the summer, and we're going to be honoring her uh, with a Mind the Gap Award for the kind of uh, you know, the, the proactive that she's shown. She's, right. Yeah, it's like the badass. Right. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's my scoop. I got a scoop out of this. All right. Uh, so that's Mind the Gap. And there's yeah. obviously, there's much more we could talk about there, but a fantastic program. The other, another, one of the other main, um, also fantastic programs that you have is Active Cinema. Right. And can you tell us uh, just a quick overview of what Active Cinema is? And then I'm going to... Uh, we're going to talk about one of the films in particular from Baghdad to the Bay. But tell right. us, again, just kind of a quick overview of what active cinema is, please. Yeah. Active cinema uh, offers us the chance to work with filmmakers who are launching their films at Mill Valley Film Festival, um, films that have some kind of uh, social consciousness. They're about human rights. They're about politics. They're about uh, the environment. Um, and we work with the filmmakers to identify actions that that audiences can take when they see the film so when they do a Q&A they're not just talking about the film um, slide comes up behind them you can do this you can do this you can do this you can donate you can get involved here we want to give people a palpable uh, guidelines about what they can do because people come out of films and they're so inspired in the moment they want to know what they can do right so we want to help answer that question and we want to support filmmakers as they start to take their films out into the world with ways that they can really do that and to give the film legs you know in ways that can engage audiences and I think I remember from last time if I remember correctly um, you have a separate a separate website where it's not right. even just it's not even just right after you've seen the movie, right? right? You actually track and sort of keep up with a lot of these initiatives that are spearheaded or that these, these films are bringing attention to. Yeah. So it really is more of an ongoing thing, even versus just you come out of the movie and sign a petition, for example. It's it sounds as if it's it's even more involved. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, we're really sort of building that as a resource because you know, uh, with the films that we show, a lot of the the issues don't necessarily go away. Right. They don't necessarily get re- re- you know resolved. Right. So we're keeping a log of uh, you know the films that we show. Uh, we've gone back to some of the filmmakers for updates and, you know, that's on that website. Um, and then, you know, if people are working on uh, a cause, 
and they want to look for films that address the cause. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Bringing it can them be together. used as a resource. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's another interesting angle. Yeah. Do you know if anyone else is doing something similar? Because it seems like that's such a great idea. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would hope that other organizations are are taking your lead on that one. Yeah, I I mean, in some ways, you know, in a big way, participant participant media does it, but it's really with now, you know, big Hollywood films that are driven by social issues. For us, it's really, uh, you know, we're really trying to develop this more with the filmmakers of, we've we've sort of limited it to documentaries this year. Mm -hmm. We we were using narratives as well, but we're working with a smaller number of films just so that we can work a little bit more deeply. Right, um, right, right. And then often the films will also um, end up in our education program throughout the year. All right. So let's talk about one <coughs> of the films in particular, and uh, then we'll talk about a couple others. But I have the, the, the trailer for this one as well because, you know, I was looking at the trailers, and this one, well, first of all, I recognized the guy. Like That's I said, fantastic. <laughs> I recognized the guy. I, I've never met him. I don't, I, you know, I don't know him. But uh, when I saw the trailer, I thought, that guy looks really familiar. And then lo and behold, it takes the movie or the uh, documentary and movie, I guess, right. takes place right here. So uh, this is called From Baghdad to the Bay. And again, I'm just going to play the trailer and then we'll talk about it. Great. December the 12th, they took Saddam Hussein in jail. December the 16th, they took Ghazwan in jail, the U.S. Army. There was always a little thing in the back of my head that said, uh, he's just too good. He's too good at this. Either he's very, very good at, at deceiving us, or he's really, really genuine. I didn't think that Americans will come and harm my country. I just gave my soul to them, and they know that. They kept on torturing me, and torturing me, and torturing me. 75 days until they say, we're sorry. <laughs> the U.S. Army dropped me in a secret place. They told me to choose what place in the States. So I chose San Francisco. This is what happened to me. Now I'm here. Army, I betrayed my family and betrayed the country. Being gay is beyond that. In Iraq, six gay men have been shot to death in the past 10 days, apparently in the form of honor killings. Iraq's Having a gay son, it is a big shame for the whole family, for the whole tribe you will put them in danger. I don't want to die in a lie.
All right, so that's Great. the trailer for From Baghdad to the Bay. What can you tell us about that film, which again has some local roots, or at least the story's local. I yeah, don't know the story's the local. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's about a man from who's a translator for the for the U.S. military, um, who is also gay, and he is, you know, he gets accused of being an agent and all this because kind he's of stuff. like you said, he's working for a, the United United States military in Iraq. Right. I think. Right. Yeah. Okay, so he's working for us, but then he gets accused of being a spy or being a... A double agent. A double think, agent, yeah. 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 Which is even worse, <laughs> it's even, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> <pretty> <laughs> it's complicated. They're both pretty bad, yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's um, even a difference. But so he's accused of being a double agent, right. and then what happens? Well, then, you know, he's, he's it, you know, rooted here in San Francisco. So, of course, you know, I mean, what's great about this is... We look pretty good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you chose it. I'm glad you chose it because we want you. We want to make us look good. We so, do. Yeah. 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 Um, but this with this one as well. Erin um, Palmquist, the, the director, is working. We the the other part of what we do with active cinema is to work with uh, community partners. Yeah. So we work with organizations that are addressing the issues that are in the film, and I think she has four different organizations that she wanted to work with. So we're, we're, we're working with two of them on the first screening and then two of them on the second screen. Can I say what they are? Horizons Foundation, International Rescue Committee, Human Rights Watch, and the LGBT Asylum Project. Yeah. Those are the four uh, organizations that are involved in uh, yeah. working in coordination with, yeah. this, with this film. So, you know, if you see the film and you're inspired... You have no excuse for not getting <laughs> involved, you know. And that's the idea, yeah. right? That's the idea. Yeah. Okay, so that one looks that looks moving and inspiring and, and, and intense. Uh, what else, just at a high level, because we are running out of time now, but okay. what at a high level, uh, just some other active cinema things you might want to touch on? Ah, other active cinema things. If anything um, jumps out. Let's see. Well, oh, Time for Ilhan. Okay. Um, again, um, it looks like Ilhan herself will be here for okay. the first screenings. And where is she from? I don't remember. I remember the title, but I don't remember what she this is one. From, um, she's from, uh, she's a politician um, who just actually mm. got through, th you know, through the primaries. Okay. Um, she's... Uh, Not here in the States. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. here in the States. Oh, yeah. yeah ah, in Minnesota. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So okay. she's okay. gotten through to the next level. Presumably she's Muslim. Yes. I'm guessing. Yeah, right. she's uh, right. from, from Somalia. So from she's Somalia. a Somali okay. Muslim, mm -hmm. um, which is, I think she's the first female Somali Muslim <laughs> that we've, you know, we've ever had. In any know, kind of office or running yeah, for an for office. Yeah, a significant office. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of great. Um, and she's young. I mean, she's, you know, I mean, this is going to be a really interesting election year. Yeah. A lot of younger yes. people. We're already you know. seeing a lot of, yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, one of the positive developments of our recent political situations or changes and things is uh, there is a lot of people uh, there are a lot of people who are waking up including the younger yeah the younger people yeah and getting a lot more active and not yeah. taking things for granted yeah so that's great to see and it's also you know like in active cinema as well we also have stay human which is michael franti's film um and i'm just going to use that to also segue into yeah. into music because okay. we yeah. we show a lot of music films, and we do nine nights at the Sweetwater Music Hall. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. Okay. So Michael Franti's film will show, and he will do a live show at the Sweetwater. That Wait, where is he night. based? 
he has you know Bay Area based? roots. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you know, again, sort of, we, we didn't actually include Holly Near's film in the active cinema selection because it's really more about, you know, it's more a portrait of somebody who's a musician and an activist. Um, but she's like, you know, she's like the activist from way back. Uh-huh. So I find it kind of fascinating that we have these two people who have Bay Area roots. Um, we have film, a film by Michael Franti. We have a film, beautiful film about Holly Near. Um, and they really have, you know, I mean, they, they put their sensibilities where their songs are, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. in, in their work. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of great. Okay. It all sounds more than kind of great. It all sounds really great. It sounds very much inspiring and, uh, definitely worth checking out. So, uh, you have a week and a half left before it starts. Like I said, Thursday, October 4th. Correct. I think that's a week and a half, isn't it? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so safe to assume that you're just cruising into the final stretch that everything's all taken care of and. Well, we hope so. You're just delegating, right? You're just delegating, (laughs) right? You don't. Yeah. We're crossing the T's and dotting the I's. That's right. Exactly. It's all the details in these last 10 days or however many days it is. But, um, Best of luck with the final preparations. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you so much for being here a second time. Uh, let me throw out the links to make sure that uh, everybody's got got the information. So uh, the main website here is uh, short for Mill Valley Film Festival, obviously. MVFF.com is the site for the Mill Valley Film Festival. I assume that's where people can get tickets. Yeah. And I assume people can go to individual films and get the passes. They can... All yeah, above, you can probably. either get mm-hmm. individual tickets or uh, you can, you know, you can I saw come you have in a lot of different sort of like kinds membership of passes. levels that right. are passes. Yeah. Um, also, you know, watch the website because there are things that get uh, shifting. Added like for instance, we've just added a second screening of Roma on the second weekend. Because of demand or? Yeah, yeah. on the 14th. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we have a couple of TBAs that we're adding mm-hmm. things into. Fingers crossed we may get another new title. We'll oh, see. Okay. This is so yeah. stay tuned as developments unfold. Exactly. MVFF.com. MillValleyFilmFestival.com. Uh, Facebook, Mill Valley Film Festival. And uh, if you want to learn more about the umbrella organization that's behind it all, cafilm.org. And if you want to know more about Zoe, which of course you do, zoeelton.com. And uh, Zoe, thank you again for being here. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, I hope this year's festival, like I said, is another tremendous success. Thank you. All right. So like I said at the beginning of the show, next week I will have Jane Ganahl from Litquake on. She'll be making her return visit as well to talk about this year's festival. Thanks again to today's guest, Zoe Elton of the Mill Valley Film Festival. And last but certainly not least, thank you for watching and listening. If you liked the show, please share on social media and subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps, and I really appreciate it. For more about me, my website is matthewfelix.com, and links to my social media, books, other podcasts, and all the rest can be found there. If you have any comments, ideas for the show, or just want to say hello, I can be reached at felixonair at matthewfelix.com. Thanks again for watching and listening, and have a great week.